0: I'm John Ryan, and this is Pod Roast. This week, we're nourishing our inner aspect by listening to a podcast from Goop and the Popular History Podcast, taking a lead from the genius of Billy Joel. So, you know the famous Goop candle that smells of tuppence, 69 quid if you want to smell it? I hope it's an expensive allegory. Anyway, elsewhere on Goop, there's news of 30 million downloads for their three-year-old podcast. And credit where it's due, CEO, Academy Award winner Gwyneth Paltrow regularly rocks up to host it. Now Cards on the table, I've never been a massive fan of GP. It started when I punched the air in the cinema when it was her head in the box in Seven. Sorry about the spoilers. Unreasonably annoyed when she hooked up with Brad Pitt, Ben Affleck or even Chris Martin. But her online goop emporium has been a Karen magnet even if her support for cupping and coffee enemas and mushroom elixir and vibrator recommendations and other quackery has raised a few scientists' eyebrows. So what's her podcast like? I clicked on the latest edition. A tinny synth track backs a montage of previous contributors. It starts with a guest saying that when you're pioneering new ideas to the culture, you get criticised. Gwyneth, for it is her, laughs and says, you do? It's a brief moment of self-awareness to cling on to. Nobody changes until they change their energy," says another random. Gwyneth reads a script, having changed her energy into something that sounds like a speak and spell on low batteries. She promises thought leaders, culture changes, creatives, founders, and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers, and seekers here to start conversations because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. She says. A slightly shonky music edit, and in her words, here we go. Sorry about the accent. So who do we get to hear from after such a lofty intro? Henry Kissinger? Kamala Harris? Beyoncé? No, it's a Californian farmer. Though being gloop, it's a regenerative biodynamic farm... It's also truly magical, according to Gwyneth. She says she's been, but it sounds like our interview with John Chester is over Zoom or something. He's a hipster cameraman who, with his missus, left their Santa Monica apartment to focus on agri-ecology in their own farm, supposedly for the sake of their dog who was barking too much being locked up in the day. It's a story they turned into a documentary movie called The Biggest Little Farm. They wanted to get into ecosystem stewardship – rather than just grow a tomato. In other words, it's the management of the soil that's all important. Gwyneth does that annoying thing of leading questions. Rather than asking, how did you cope with knowing nothing about what you were doing? She asks, then of course, you met Alan, who became that mentor. That makes you sound over-researched, showing off how much you already know about your guest, rather than discovering the story alongside your listener. Which Alan? Coming? Sugar? Lily? Lily? note to all podcast producers and i worry it won't be the last time don't assume our knowledge gwyneth i don't know who alan is even if you and john do and why would i interrupt my listening to go google it whichever alan it is told john to choose the cow that makes your heart beat faster we should prioritize beauty in our life essentially find a cow that looks at you like john's cow looks at him Gwyneth says this is amazing, which I fear is also in her list of overused adjectives. She says the film about the farm is a perfect metaphor for how we get out of the cultural and political mess we're in. She says you need to cultivate pests to cultivate an ecosystem. I think that's what she says. She could be saying pasts. Now listen carefully to the next question. This is word for word what she asks next. Do you think that if you extrapolate that out, that we can start to heal as a culture if we somehow bring those values of regenerative biodynamic farming, which is tolerance and balance, tolerance of everyone's opinions? Do you think there's anything there? Do you think it might be a way for us to solve this problem where everybody thinks that's totally insolvable? I mean, that's not out of the book of how to ask a good question, but it does at least get John talking about his beloved soil. He makes the point that this remarkable material is the only alchemizer of death back into life. In the top 12 inches of soil exists the power to constantly pull life's impermanent properties and break them down into the fuel that energises our existence on this planet. He says there's not a circle of life, it's more like a figure of eight. You grow, you die, you decompose, you reanimate. No, not like a zombie, I'm guessing. Uh, An eight, when you turn it on its side, is the sign of infinity, and that cross-section of the eight is the X factor of life. Soil. Whoa, pretty amazing thinking. Gwyneth is overcome. Oh my God, you're a genius, she replies, and wants John to be her spiritual teacher. Now, it's wearingly everything you'd expect it to be, this podcast. Not so much bleeding heart, more a total internal hemorrhage. And once again, we do the difficult stuff. An A-list host, an OK get as the guest. But what they don't do is any of the stuff that makes it a joy to listen to. Even if it was going to be a COVID era head-to-head, why not sit him outdoors? Get some birdsong, the gentle noise of the breeze, or the chirp of a cricket, even a moo or two. Paint the pictures. We've not all seen his movie. Break it up with a tour, some movement even. Let's hear his pride at creating this amazing place. John goes on to explain the farm wouldn't be possible without the 20-somethings who understood soil health who joined his movement. He's hopeful about the stewardship of the planet with what he says is an expanded interest in the nutrients in our food. It's kind of just getting interesting when the most ineptly executed cross-promotion I've ever heard comes in. A bland acoustic track rolls in. Gwyneth, obviously recorded in another session, says, "'We'll get right back to the chat.'" More music and a few seconds later, hi everybody, it's me Gwyneth Paltrow from my kitchen and I'm here to share something very exciting. We're going to be bringing back In Goop Health and Home. It's our second one. We're so excited to present a really fascinating, educating day for you. There's going to be Q&As. And they'll be live, and there's going to be great masterclasses, there's going to be workouts, and of course the Slack channel, so we can all communicate with each other, and so much more. The theme for this one is Hit Reset, and I think a lot of us are feeling we need a little bit of a reset and a shake-up right now. The summit will go live March 6th, blah 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 blah. There's another shocking music edit, Van Gogh would have cut it better with a rusty razor blade wearing oven gloves. Okay, let's get back to the conversation, says GP from the other recording session. Cut straight into her next question to John. So, I've looked at the schedule for the At Home Summit. It includes a session called Ask Gwyneth Anything. Here's what I'd be asking, Karen. 30 million downloads and whoever advises you on audio just let you do that? Or maybe... You're squeezing 50 bucks, 250 with a gift kit, to do a Zoom with some of your hangers on, and the best way to promote it to people already on a Goop-branded podcast is to cut from you in the podcast episode to you doing a generic link out of and back to the podcast into audio stripped from a video promotion of The Summit. Sorry, but that's where I consciously uncoupled. (laughs) Next up, We Didn't Start the Fire. At the heart of this one, a brilliant idea borrowed. Genuinely, one of those ideas you wish you had. We Didn't Start the Fire is the 20th century history primer set to music by the international treasure that is Billy Joel. he just turned 40 when he wrote it. The list-style lyrics identify 100 headline events from when he was born until the present day, which then was 1989. What if a podcast took those events in turn and made them the inspiration for each episode? Now, that's a great idea, if hamstrung with complications from podcast music rights. That's why it begins with an enthusiastic, if annoying, rendition of the song On Kazoo. Our hosts sing the lyrics themselves, unaccompanied. Mercifully, that was short. I jumped into episode two. Doris Day seemed more captivating than Harry Truman to my gay ears. The hosts are Katie Buckrick and Tom Fordyce. They promise a podcast that explores why the world is like the way it is today. There's a trying-too-hard vibe going on between our hosts at the start. They do that nervy thing of using each other's name too often, Tom. Do you think so, Katie? Advice to all podcasters. Announce yourself once, remove other name references from the script, use them if they come up naturally in conversation, but don't script them. They talk a bit about the song and the fact there's no rhyme or reason to what events Joel picked. They call it jump cuts. Gamefully ignoring the whole you can't play music thing, Tom tells Katie his first Doris Day exposure was through Wham's Wake Me Up Before You Go Go, which he sings to her finger clips. It was 84, or maybe 85, he says. It's a history podcast, love, so do Google. You were right the first time, 84. Katie describes Doris as sunshine and buttercups, and thankfully she's calming down as she goes off script. Every episode has a guest, thank goodness, as I was wondering. Today it's Dr. Tamar Jeffers-McDonald, a film academic from the University of Kent. Katie jumps off by asking about the whole virgin on steroids idea about Doris Day. Is that correct? Apparently not. Dr. MacDonald promises this story is getting dark. And it does, soon. Married by 18, divorced by 19, four husbands in total, and embezzlement. Plenty more, too. Tamar's actually great. She knows her subject and gets to it without waffle. Full of memorable facts. Doris's son wrote Move Over Darling for her. She was described as the blonde with the brunette voice, for example. Now, Katie does the Podcast 101 thing of asking a question then suggesting all the answers herself. What was her day-to-day life like? Was it very lonely for her on the road? What sort of defences did she have to build up? Was she a hard person because of this experience? I don't know if it comes from nerves or subconscious ego, but so many pod hosts do this. And Tom is doing the straight guy shtick. I was wondering why he was there. Then I saw he's the creative director of the production company of this podcast – that's a shame, because it's the laboured open with Katie that lets this one down a bit. That and the cheesy reactions and the sides. There's a blind alley, for example, when he brings up the fact that "K, Sera Sera is used as a football chant. I get the thing about being inside the tent in order to guide and stabilise a new production, but come on, Katie is the name here. I'd have doubled down and made it hers. Let her go mad. Pull it back in the edit if needed at the moment there's not quite enough of her personality her turn of phrase what she brings to it there's a moment where they're discussing doris's boob job katie riffs about what it's like to have one and that she hasn't had one neither have i katie jumps in tom it's not all about you back to doris who dated ronald reagan according to tamer a good dancer but not a good kisser apparently doris and rock hudson looked how a couple supposed to look according to Doris. Tamla's a great get, she knows her stuff, kudos to whoever found her. There's also a brilliant story making the connection between Doris and Charles Manson, which I won't spoil. Also a true story that sounds like it was made up in Viz or somewhere, as an animal lover, Doris Day's Spay Day was an event where she'd sponsor local vets to open for people to have their pets neutered. So why do we double-head? It's at least twice as hard as single-heading. It gets in the way of connection between the lead host and the listener. If there's natural chemistry between your hosts, I get it. If there isn't, how about trying it one-to-one? More brutal editing would help at the end. They vamp a bit off the back, like a radio show waiting for the news. But there's a great Katie section wrapping up the Doris story. That would have been better delivered straight to me rather than to a co-host. More kazoo theme out. Que sera sera. I'm John Ryan, weary, eared, and disappointed for Pod Roast. This week with the Goop Podcast from Cadence 13 and We Didn't Start the Fire from Crowd Network. I listen to these so you don't have to. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo.